Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast of Venture Church in South Mississippi. Find out more about us at VentureChurch.org. Father, we thank you today for an opportunity to be together. Uh, God, we thank you. This is an opportunity to connect with you in a very unique way. And God, we pray that your spirit would be poured out on us, that you would open up our hearts and minds, not just to hear maybe the music or a message, but God, to hear words that you have for every person listening to the word of God. Uh, We love you. We thank you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we're so glad you're here, all of our campuses, and it is so much fun to start a brand new series on the Sunday after Easter called Life Hacks. And let me ask you, how many of you have ever been hacked? Raise your hand. You, you've been hacked, maybe your, your Facebook account, Instagram. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. People are like, hey, I think you've been hacked. Change your password. Uh, but then if you get your financials hacked, it creates a lot of chaos, doesn't it? So, so we're going to talk about how Proverbs, and I wish we would have preached through Proverbs more through the last three decades, uh, but we're going to find how the book of Proverbs can build a firewall around your mind, your mouth, and your money. Can, can you imagine how better your life would be if you'd have had a lot of teaching and training on being wise with the things you thought about, you know, the things that you wish you hadn't have said or you would have said in a different way or the way you wish you would have spent your money in the past. You're like, oh, if I'd have just known that. Well, we're going to talk about that today because I want you to live a life that is a wise life. You say, well, I don't believe in God. Well, if you don't believe in God, you're still going to love this because the writer is saying you still have wisdom issues. There's still choices that you make, and it's just a, a book of stories and, and insights saying, hey, I want you to watch this picture. It's almost like you can hear the music, dum 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 You know it's coming where something really bad is going to happen, and you, you, you go, oh, yeah, that happens. Like, like that's reality. You know, you may feel a certain way, or you may not know a certain thing, but but dump to dump time, this is round. This happened to me. I didn't tell this earlier. I didn't think about it. Uh, this uh, two weeks ago, I was going on that little road, you know, that slag road in between. If you live in Hattiesburg, it's in between Lincoln Road Extension and 98. It goes by Petro, and it's basically a slag road. And, and so it's like a speedway, right? And so, so I'm thinking, I was going to eat lunch. And so I'm thinking, you know, I need to get there quickly. And, and so I was doing 45, you know, because I know it's at least, you know, 60 mile an hour zone because there's nobody on that road. And it's like, it's wide from here to, you know, Lamar County on the other side. And so I'm driving along and all of a sudden I see a guy on a motorcycle and I see the lights and it dawns on me. He's pulling me over. I mean, the pastor, the pastor, he's pulling the pastor over. And I'm thinking I'm going 45 miles an hour. His name is officer Wally. Uh, Oh, you know the Wallinator, the Terminator. Okay, yeah, and he kind of pulls you over, you know, and I, and I was like, hey, well, you know, I didn't say anything, to be honest with you. I just kept my hands on the steering wheel, and he says, you were doing, you were doing 15 over the speed limit. I'm like, no, I didn't even know the speed limit. Like, like there was no speed, you know, I didn't say this. I'm thinking in my heart, okay? Like, like you know, hey, no, that's not reality. Reality is like the 45 miles an hour should be the right speed limit. And so why is it, why are you stopping me and giving me a ticket for doing 45? You're saying it's 30. I mean, I, I went back and looked for the speed limit sign. Matter of fact, if you're ever driving on that road, do not drive fast because I saw like a little stamp. It's like a postage stamp it says 30 miles an hour. I had to stop and get out and look underneath a bush and all that. 
And, and so I'm realizing, hey, you know, my, even though I didn't know, the, the wise thing to do would have been to thought through how fast I was driving because I still got a ticket. Yeah, and I couldn't get it thrown out. So, okay, Proverbs chapter 1, just kidding. I went down to pay the ticket, and the lady behind the, the, the glass said, hey, aren't you the preacher? I said, yeah. He goes, you got a ticket. Okay, Proverbs chapter 1, yeah, $193 when you had on using your visa card. The proverb of Solomon, see, I need wisdom. We all need wisdom. Son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence, good word, to those who are simple, good word, knowledge and discretion to the young and old. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables and sayings and riddles of the wise. It's the reverence of the Lord, not, not you're being scared of him, the reverence for the Lord that's the beginning of knowledge. But fools, they despise wisdom and instruction. Verse 22. How long will you simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke, then I will pour out my thoughts to you and I will make known to you my teachings. Verse 32, for the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Now you're like, what does all that mean? Well, let me tell you, if you want to write this down or go to our app, it's so important you get this because this is foundational to all the other messages on wisdom because he says there are two types of wisdom. He says the first one is prudence, and that is where you, you're street smart. You, you can read a room. You, you know, you, when you walk in, you kind of know who the players are. You know what's going on. You know if you're being played. You know if you're being worked. You know, you, you kind of know that, and you're, you're prudent. You'd be shocked at how many people have PhDs, are very, very smart in one area, but they walk into a room, and they're lost, they have no wisdom. It's the reason they have struggle in their marriage. It's the reason they struggle in business because they don't understand the room. They don't understand the people that they're with. And that's prudence. You need prudence. But then he says you need instruction. And that is like you, you need character. You need the ability before you make a decision to say how, see how this is how this will work. If I make this decision, then I'm going to go in this direction and it's connected and there are a lot of people, they make decisions. They're like, well, hey, you know, this is, this is just what I'm doing. You make hundreds of decisions every day that leads you in a certain direction. And, and you need to find wisdom. That's what he's going to say, and I'm going to help you with this. Wisdom is the ability to make the best decision in a complex situation. It's where you face a challenge and you got to make a decision and, and you're finding wisdom. You're finding how to make the best decision because this is important because the quality and direction of your life is determined by the decisions you make. Now, I know that doesn't sound like a lot to some of you because you may be younger and you're like, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. I mean, what I study, if I study or even if I don't study. I mean, it doesn't matter where I go to school or even if I go to school. It didn't matter who I date or even if I do date. 
you know, because, because you're not understanding that, that the decision, by not making a decision, you're making a decision and it's taking you down a path that leads to a destination. If you get on 49 South, you're never going to wind up in Jackson. And see, the fool says, well, I don't care. You know, I'll get there someday. And, and so the writer of, of Proverbs is saying there's two kinds of wisdom, but there's two kinds of fools. And the first kind of fool is the simple. And the simple, I want you to get this because you're going to get it right when I tell you, it's like a little kid. They're naive. They're just stuff they don't know. I mean, you have to tell a kid, I'm watching this with my grandchildren. We get to go through parenting again to watch it. And you'll have to say to your kids, don't run into the street. And like, well, you're, you know, I'm having fun. You know, don't run into the street. You know, don't take candy from a stranger. You know, you have to tell a child because they're simple. Like, like they'll get, I, I, I don't know why this is, they'll get a butter knife, a metal butter knife, and they'll look for an outlet. You know, trying to, don't, don't do that. You'll electrocute yourself. How many of you, your kids, they, they cut their hair at some point? They thought it was a good idea. This is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to steal the scissors that could kill me, and I'm going to go in a room or a closet by myself, and I'm going to cut my own hair. All my kids did that. Why? Because they're simple. They don't know any better. So he says, there's some people that are simple, and you kind of get that. And, and if you've got young kids, man, you've got an opportunity of a lifetime. But then he says, some people are fools. And he says, the fools are like, hey, if you do that, you could get pregnant. I don't care. If you go there, you could get in trouble. I don't care. If you drink that, you could get it. I don't, I don't care. And fools are people that say, I, I know where this could lead, but I just don't care. And, and it's all around us. L listen, men's frontal lobe of making decisions and maturity does not mature until they're 26. For some, it's 62. And I'm going to prove my point because can I, do you mind if I sing a country song or rap a country song? Can I mix genres? How many of you, it's okay to rap a country song? Would you give me your hand? There's two older people that say, thank, yes, we get you. Okay, good. It's by Darks Bentley. Okay, so you ready? How many of you like country music? Yeah, it's like twangy, and, and, it's, and here it goes. Becky was a beauty from South Alabama. Her daddy had a heart like a nine-pound hammer. Think he even did a little time in the slammer. What was I thinking? You have to twang it up, okay? She, are y'all Okay. She snuck out one night and met me by the front gate. Her daddy came out waving that 12-gauge. We didn't rhyme. The 12, we tore out the, the drive, and he peppered my tailgate. What was I thinking? Oh, I knew there'd be stuff to pay, but that crossed my... You know the song, don't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You knew exactly what I was supposed to say, and I didn't say it because I'm at church. That crossed my mind a little too late because I was... You don't sing with me? Thinking about a little white tank top sitting right there in the middle by me. I was thinking about a long kiss. Man, just got to get going. Where would the night lead? I know what I was feeling, but what was I thinking? You weren't thinking, bro. You're a fool. Even the kids know that. I mean, you, you, you know, you, you get that. I mean, you think about the white tank top. And it's happened to all of us. If you've lived long enough, I think back to the things I did. I don't have time to tell you a lot of them. And, I, you know, because I was a fool. 
And when I got my friend's Caprice Classic and yeah, 350 with a, with a V8 and weighed four tons and, and, and we're going down Thrill Hill and it will do 115 down a hill and bouncing all the way up to the top. Why was I doing it? Because I was a fool. And I didn't care. You can get killed. I don't care. You can be a young fool. You can be an old fool. An old fool says, hey, I know if I eat all that, it could kill me. I don't care. If I say that, I can get in trouble. It's not political correct. I don't care. You say, well, what's the problem? Who do you think you are telling me about how to run my life and make decisions? Because it says in Proverbs 132, the bad decisions of a fool will kill them. Hmm. I got thinking about that bouncing. And all the things like, wow, I'm still here. You say, well, I don't do that. I know, but do you run with people that do that? See, see listen to what the Bible says. In Proverbs 13, 20, it says, a companion of foolish people suffers harm. It didn't say you become a fool. It says you suffer harm. And it's so funny. Every time my kids, and they still do, like when they make really bad decisions, it's my life, but it always costs me money. I said, I know it. And, you know, all this exploring you're doing is costing me a lot of money. And when you're a fool, all of a sudden you're, you're suffering harm and the people who love you are suffering. You, you say, well, see, well, what are you trying to get to? Well, well, I thought about this and there's so many different ways we can go all month long. But the Lord brought me back to verse 8 and 9. Because throughout Proverbs, verse 89 is kind of, it's multiplied. He says it over and over again. He says, listen to your father's instructions. He, He says, do not forget your mother's teaching. He's saying, parents, you gotta step up. See, I started thinking about that, about you know, the Proverbs saying, hey, you you gotta be a wise parent. And listen, I know it's exhausting. I know it is. You say, you're telling, no, I remember. You never forget it. It's like post-traumatic stress when you raise kids. I remember when Beth Ann was born, you know, she cried so much. Like there were times I'd wake up in the night doing this right here and didn't even have anything in my hands. I mean, I went crazy. You know, parents, the kids want to know what's wrong with their parents. They were great until they had kids. You drove them crazy. Yeah, it's exhausting. It's thankless. It's tiring. You feel like you're losing. But parents, you're all your kids have to keep them from being complete fools. All that is standing between you and your kids being the greatest fools who ever lived is you and your prayers and your teaching. Don't give up. That's my word to you. I'm not being critical. I'm saying, I know it's hard. Don't quit. Proverbs says this in 22:15. Foolishness, get this, is bound up in a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it away. You go, yeah, I know, I need to whoop them more. That's not what it says. It's more like a shepherd's staff. It's more like you knowing your kids well enough that you know how to take that shepherd's staff and that could kind of bring them back from harm. And and you know how to kind of separate things out because you've spent time enough with your kids that you know how they're wired. 
These little lambs, these sheep that you have, they're the sheep of your pasture. You know how to lead them because you know them. You, you can't say, and I, I get, I mean, it's not funny, but I, like if you say to your kids as they're going out and make good choices, they can't, they're fools. If you say, well, you know, they're, they're like wet cement. Well, you know, they got to figure it out. No, the culture will take your kids and they will form their minds. They will put a cultural construct in them. They'll be so confused about who they are. They won't know which way to go. Proverbs 22.6 says, if you direct your children on the right path, when they're older, they won't leave it. It doesn't mean that they won't bob and weave. And I'm not saying that when you teach them right and do the right things that they won't get over in a situation like I did going down Thrill Hill and something could happen. But if they can live long enough and you can pour into them enough, they will get back on a path that you recognize. Parents, you teach them. Parents, you train them. You say how? By spending time with them. I, I, I tell you, you know, I've been saying this same thing for 35 years. Time is the greatest thing you can give to your kids. That, that is the new money. You spend time with them. You watch your words. You watch where you go. You watch what you do. Listen, they are sneaky little critters. They will sneak up on you. They're listening to you. I've had my grandkids tattle on me so many times. I'm thinking, where were you? We, we're buddies. We got to hang together. You can't be telling the stuff I'm saying. Do what I do, not what I say. I'm a pastor. But you pour into them and you teach them that they're watching your habits. Well, that's, something, that's for an adult. I, I'm adulting. And they're adults that can make their own decisions. No, they're making their decision now. Can I do a little therapy with you? Um, and you're, you're the therapist. I, I'm, I'm the counselee. Okay, so, so I want you to kind of, is it okay if we just kind of have this moment together, just us in a therapy session, and, and you be my therapist? Because I'm watching families, and, and I watch my family, and on a given week, you may spend nine hours. I, th I thought about this, nine hours. Okay, it's time to go to practice, get all your stuff. You can't find your glove. Where you, where you, where's your glove? I mean, why can't you find your glove? I just put your glove right over there. You, and then, then you drive to the, where you go to practice. You, you suffer through that, okay? And you throw in the, you know, get the tee, quit hitting the tee, hit the ball. And you do that and you, you drive, spend the time driving back, stop at Sonic, grab you a sandwich. And then you, you know, then the next day you go, and then you, then there's a game day. And then you drive over to the game day. I put it together, it's nine hours. Nine hours a week, you're teaching your kids how to hit a ball off a tee or how to bust a move, okay, on the dance team. I'm sorry, that's all I got. And, 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 but what if, they, what if they end up being fools? They're probably going to drop out of baseball. You've taught them how to dance in a way that fools will enjoy dancing. And you've lost you say, well, thanks a lot, boy. I'm glad I came today. No, no, no. We want to hear. This is not an I got you moment. This is an I get you moment. I get you. I ran down that road. I, I, I was not the wisest parent. But this is an opportunity. This is a watershed moment where you can go, hey, hey, I want to train up wise children. I don't want to train up fools. 
I want to be the one that pours into them. We've done so much to try to help you. Do you think we do all this light and sound and smoke and mirrors and video walls and KXP for kids? You think we do this because we just enjoy like a show? Like Jeff thinks he's a big deal. He's got on jeans. No, we're trying to reach people. I mean, one of the reasons I didn't want to go into the ministry is because I hated to go to church. They put stuff up on a flannel board about Zacchaeus. I didn't care how tall he was. I needed help. Tonight, we'll have, we'll have students, okay? They'll show up for, for movement, and they'll show, we'll try to train them. We'll try to teach them because we're trying to stand in the gap for foolish parents who said, I'm not spending time on my kids. I'm going to do my own thing. Matter of fact, I may be like them. You say, why are you hollering? I just like to holler. Just like hollering sometimes. And we forget we got to deal with our kids and deal with their temperaments and deal with ourselves. We've got house churches. You don't, you don't know what we've gone through to do house churches to get them in your neighborhood. You, you have no idea. It's taken years off my life. I mean, I'm not but 20, and this is what you've done to me, okay? A reading plan for the, the whole family? Do you know what that's like? Do you know how many churches do that? None. So that you could discuss this and talk about this and we could help you. You deal with your kids' tendencies. Every one of your children, all of you, have one of three tens. One of your children is probably anxious. They're a little anxious and fearful. And you coach them to be more confident. One is probably aggressive, okay? They're, ah, you know, they're always like, ah, like, yo, that's good. No, 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 no. No, they need to learn to be calm. They need to be kind. Some of your kids are analytical. They're always like, well, he got this and she got that and this number's here. And you teach them more forgiving to be more gracious. See, wise parents deal with the dark side of their kids. You, you don't say that's how they're made. Listen, you do that, they'll be in the penitentiary. But if you don't define and help your children deal with those tendencies, they will be fools. You say, well, what do I do? Well, he says in chapter 1, verse 7, he says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You start reverencing God. You start saying, hey, you know what? I probably need God's help in raising my kids. Hey, I want to look back because, see, none of you think you're going to live as old as me. I used to be you. I used to be really young. And I would look at people like me and say, that guy, I hope he don't die during the sermon. He is so old. What would he know? I know a lot because I've been down that road. I know how you feel. I know how hard it is. But you got to do the hard work now or suffer the consequences later. Parents, you need to choose to be a fool for Christ. See, you can be a fool, just be a fool for the Lord. But because for the world, when, when you're wise in the Lord, they think you're a fool. And, and you just say right now, you know, we're going to be different. Paul said it this way in Romans 12 too. He says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. It, it, it's okay to be different. Matter of fact, you can't follow Jesus and be just like everybody else. And, and you can choose to be a fool. And this is how this works. And this happened to me. All of these things happened to me. Were my kids. So, you know, Johnny's parents let him do that. 
And I'm a fool. I said, I don't care. And all of them said at different times, this is going to shock you. They said the H-A-T-E word. At different times, they all said it at different times. Well, I hate you. And I'm like, well, I don't like you either. I can't find nobody to take you, so we're stuck with each other. Go to your room. Yeah, I mean, that really happened. You can ask them. Uh, but, but, but it's time for us to say, hey, we're going to do what we can to be peculiar, as Peter says. Because the gospel says, hey, the gospel is foolishness to the world because they're perishing, but, but it's power to us who are growing in salvation day by day. Parents, this is your opportunity because parenting never ends. I've got a 35-year-old, a 33-year-old, and a 27-year-old, and guess what? I'm still parenting them. Yes, it's changed, yeah, but, but when they walk out at 18, you go, well, that's done. If they're your kids, you're still parenting. You say, but I don't have custody. You're still the parent. Listen, can I challenge you? You're with them 24 hours a day. We get maybe two hours a month. If you come to church, two hours a month. That's all we get. You've got to help us. Because you know who you call at 1 o'clock in the morning when your fool has gone over Thrill Hill? You call me. I try not to do that part. You try to do this job without caring about people. But you can't. I love you. Your children were babies when I came here. Now they're parents. And the whole world is against them. The whole freaking world is against your kids. You and the church are all you have on your side. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me. You don't have to pray it out loud. We're going to put it on the screen. And, and it's probably on your notes on the app. But I'm going to say this prayer. And it's a prayer I'm praying because I need to be recalled to parenting, not just my kids, but I want to influence my grandkids. Heck, I want to influence your grandkids. Here's the prayer. Father, I thank you for the gift you've given me and my child. Give me wisdom to train them and guide them in your ways. Give me strength and courage to never stop. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I pray for you? Can I tell you I got your back? Can I remind you, you can do this. That's why God gave you these children. He chose you to be their parent. Don't quit. Don't run off. Don't give up. Would you pray with me? God, I love, I love our people. I love the institution of marriage and family. God, I love our kids. I love our community. 
all of our communities that we're in, God, I, they're special. But Father, they're, they're all tempting to, to, to allow someone else to parent our kids. And I pray your spirit would fall on us, give us a new anointing to love and lead our families, to be willing to sacrifice our money, our time, and our health to give our kids what they need so that they can be wise, so they can flourish, so they can be wise parents to our grandchildren. Father, we thank you. Give us grace and mercy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.